Good afternoon, y'all. Good seeing y'all today on this wonderful feast, uh, the presentation of the Lord. Um, I always say every year that I want to do the full feast of the presentation, which is the celebration of lights. It's usually a candlelit mass at night, and every time it sneaks up on me and I forget to plan for it. So uh, I apologize. One day we're going to do a candlelit mass on this feast day. Um, this is, uh, we know this one, right? This is the fourth decade of the Joyful Mysteries, um, the presentation of Jesus in the temple. It's whenever he was a little baby eight days after being, uh, you know, coming into the world, being birthed by Our Lady. The Jewish custom was that they would bring their male child to the temple to be circumcised, right? And this is reaching way back into the covenant of Abraham, the circumcision of Abraham. That circumcision um, was the outward sign that that person, that family, was in a covenant relationship with God. If a man wasn't circumcised, he was not part of the Jewish family of God. He would be what we call the Gentiles, right? So circumcision was a very, very, very big deal. It wasn't just a medical procedure. It was a religious symbol, right? And so what happens today is Mary and Joseph um, go to fulfill the, the law, right? Did Jesus need to be circumcised? No, he was already in covenant relationship with God because he was God. So <laughs> he didn't need to do it, but um, they had to do it to fulfill all the prescriptions of the law. Mary also had to fulfill a piece of the law. After they would have presented Jesus, Joseph would have escorted her to the purification baths where the woman, after giving birth, would go and be purified in the waters of this bath, right? Um, Mary Wynn did that. Did she need to do it? No, she was the ever virgin. You know, before conception, during, and even after birth, Mary was always virgin. She didn't have to go be purified, but she did it to fulfill all the prescriptions of the law. And in my own little meditations with these, I just wonder a few things, and I throw out to you for your own prayer. In the circumcision, in my mind, I imagine, as would be accustomed to the Jewish faith, the man, the husband, the father presented the child to the priest. That was just the way it was. So I picture Mary standing right next to Joseph, and Joseph is lifting up the priest to this old, 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 wise uh, priest, Simeon, who is a prophet in his own right, that the Lord had promised that he wouldn't die before he saw the Messiah. And could you imagine? I don't know when he received that prophecy, but maybe he was like 19, 20 years old. And all of his life, every single day when he'd go into the temple, he was going, I wonder if today's going to be the day I see the, the long-awaited uh, one for the Messiah, the one who's going to redeem Israel. Oh, no, not today. I wonder if it's going to be tomorrow. Like He lived in anticipation of fulfilling the promise that he heard God speak to him. And so today it says that he comes into the temple in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, what that moment must have been like, because now this moment is fulfilled. He's old, and I wonder if he ever doubted, Lord, are you going to fulfill your promise? Getting old, you better hurry. <laughs> and here it is, and he sees Joseph, this awesome stature of a man and this beautiful woman of Our Lady, and, and Joseph holds the baby up, and that's where Simeon receives the Holy Spirit again. And he gives a great prophecy, right? You can let your servant go in peace now, Lord. You can take me home. Your promise has been fulfilled. I've seen him with my own eyes, right? And in that moment, there's got to be something really crazy that happens because not only does he experience the promise, one that God had promised that he would see, but he also prophesies to our Blessed Mother. He looks at Mary and he says, And to you a sword shall pierce your heart. And not just for kicks and grins. There's a reason why Mary's heart gets pierced. 
It says it, so that the thoughts of many may be revealed. You see, whenever Our Lady's heart gets pierced by the, seeing the suffering of her son, we can enter into the piercing of Our Lady's heart and she will reveal us to the Father. She will have all of our thoughts illuminated, so to speak, and she will reveal Jesus to us, right? And so we see ourselves as we are in light of Christ. So the thoughts of many will be revealed by Mary's heart being pierced. But I wonder, what about Joseph? He didn't speak about Joseph. He didn't say, you know, Mary and Joseph, your hearts will be pierced. As husband and wife, your hearts will both be pierced when you see your child suffering. You can only assume that maybe what went through Joseph's head, I'm not going to live to see the suffering of the Messiah, the crucifixion, right? That Joseph in his own way had to have been humbled in this sense of like, man, I'm not going to be able to console my wife as her heart gets pierced. That the Lord is going to take him before that happens. And of course, that is what takes place. And so I wonder how that goes on with Joseph, the silence as Joseph witnesses this. And then he takes Mary for the purification baths, right? Knowing who she is. Knowing full well who she is. And so this is the moment where, uh, where the light comes into the world, right? Jesus is the light of the world. And that's what this is all about, that Jesus comes into the temple. And the light of the world is now revealed. It's given to us. A new era has begun in Christ. And so I'm like, Lord, let that be our own hearts, that beautiful psalm that says, O gates, lift high your heads. Grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter the king of glory. St. Saint Catherine of Siena, no, Teresa of Avila, has what she calls the interior castle, right? This is her understanding of the interior life. She says the human heart is like a castle, and it has different levels as you progress in the spiritual life. And I just picture in my mind a castle with those ancient doors being lifted up cranked up real slowly so that the king of glory can come in. That castle, she says, is your heart. It's how God enters into the heart. And he can't enter into the heart if it's not open, right? And so Mary's heart is opened by the piercing of her own heart and so that we can enter into that. In our hearts, too, when we see people suffer, it's a piercing that happens. We suffer with. And when we see Christ suffer in the poor and the sick, and the elderly, we suffer with. And so our heart gets open, and Christ comes in. And so that psalm is super cool, like, to have that invitation. Let Christ come into your heart. Grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter the King of glory. Let the King of glory come into our hearts today. And what's he going to do? He's going to bring the light, and he's going to illuminate our hearts so that we can come to know him and love him and serve him all the more Right? So let us have that invitation today. Just simply say over and over, Lord, let my heart be open so that you, the King of glory, can come into my heart. Amen?